I remembered. John chapter 19. If you turn your Bibles, please, to John chapter 19 this evening. And uh, just the last couple of times we've looked at some of Jesus' last sayings. And we're going to go to the third one tonight before we observe the Lord's table. Thanks for being faithful to church. And it's important, you know, the Bible tells us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. And it's important that we meet, and especially in these last days, so much the more, he says. And so it's important that we, we gather uh, as, uh, as we have opportunity in John chapter 19, also I just wanted to thank those who, who came to the prayer meeting Friday night. Um, um, it was reported that, that around 30-odd um, came and, and was, was here praying. That's a blessing. Thank you for coming along. And, and however amount of time you spent together praying, that's important to pray, isn't it? It's important to gather together to do that. And so I appreciate that. Uh, John chapter 19, look at verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. And here we see just a, a bit of a snippet of, of the character of our Lord Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I'm constantly amazed by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you understand that, that here he was just uh, suffering a great ordeal. And yet, as he was there by the cross, uh, as he observed those who were standing by the cross, he noted one who perhaps is significant in history, but no doubt in that moment, he was focused on her. It was his mother. And I think we all understand the tenderness that children ought to have for their mother, and here the Lord Jesus, even in his hour of great suffering, showed some great care, showed some great affection and great control over his own situation. And when we think of the Lord Jesus, we must never forget about his affection. His affection toward those who were his, uh, his earthly acquaintances. And it's amazing to me to think that whilst he was on the cross, suffering such as he did, he was able to convey such a sense of care for this Mary. And I believe that, um, that we can learn from our Lord in this instance a great many things, but, but one of those things is this, is control over how he responds to his circumstances. Uh, we see the Lord Jesus, again, suffering a great deal. He, he'd he didn't simply have some sort of common illness or he wasn't just going through a bad day. No, he, he was being crucified. And understand that the sin of all, all, all humanity was being placed upon him. 
And yet in this circumstance, he was able to think clearly enough to care for one who was needy. He, he didn't simply focus on his own need at that point. He saw the need of others. And, and I want you to, to remember this evening that the, the Lord Jesus didn't simply go to the cross thinking of himself, thinking of the joy that was set before him. No, no, he was thinking of those ones who needed him most. And can I just remind you who that is included, inclusive of that statement? It's you and I tonight. We needed him. You know why? We couldn't save ourselves. None of us were righteous. None of us could be the righteous substitute on that cross. He had to take our place. None of our, not, not a one of us here tonight is an exception to that statement. And so there he was thinking of others and here demonstrating even in the moment of his greatest suffering, just the thought of others. Mary, his earthly mother, the one chosen of God to be the conduit that birthed the Savior, was watching the great rejection of the Son. Uh, perhaps no other family member directly was there uh, apart from her, and many presume uh, perhaps at this point Joseph had passed away, and yet we do know that Jesus had siblings. And they were nowhere to be found as we, we spoke about this morning. And so he turns to John, and, and we see he's the beloved disciple. He turns to John and gives him charge to take care for the one that was hurting. And what Jesus was demonstrating that he, in, in his, his circumstance didn't excuse him from fulfilling his responsibility to care for the needy and the brokenhearted. Jesus, in the most extreme circumstance, showed total control and demonstrated affection for the one that was hurting right there. And, and don't doubt for a minute this, this evening, as you get into your week, that those things that turn into heartaches in our lives aren't thought about and cared for by our Lord Jesus Christ. And tonight, I just want just to just glean some lessons from these famous last words of the Lord Jesus. These simple, this, the simple statements that He made, Behold, woman, behold thy son. And then to the disciple, behold thy mother. And so let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to, to bless. I pray, Father, You help us tonight. Lord, do a work as we, we think about these and and Father, I believe that, that there's a lesson for us to learn tonight. And then as we head into a time of remembering, Lord, all the, the, the sacrifice that you, you gave for us, I pray that we'd be sober-minded. I pray that you'd put away the, the pride that can so easily well up in our own hearts. Help us to be clear with you. Help us to put away those sins that, are, that can be so besetting and so present Lord, knowing that you've already given us the victory. And so I pray that you'd help us as we, we focus on you, think about your character, your nature. I thank you, I thank you dear God, that, Lord, you, you cared for us so much that you're willing to lay down your life on the cross. 
And so I pray that you'd help us even as we, we glean some truths tonight. We pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And firstly, as we note here, we note our Lord demonstrated care before complaint. See, often when we're going through our own trials, often when we're going through our own dilemmas, often when we're going through some times where we feel like we're even suffering, often our mind in those situations is not on others, but on our own needs. Often it's all about our own comfort. Often it's all about our own, our own desire to, to come out of that situation. And yet here the Lord Jesus, in all of His suffering, in all of that He had already gone through, there hanging on the cross, He cared before He complained. In fact, we know that He, he, he never complains. And, and our Lord Jesus really here is, is beyond, beyond that. Here we see that He showed care before complaint. And Jesus demonstrated once again that, that He was no mere mortal. Here he, we see that He truly was the Son of God and He truly does care for us in our own despair. And the Lord Jesus could have easily, easily as we mentioned this morning, uh, called down a legion of angels to, to take Him from there, but He will, willingly laid down His life without reservation and really, it's a demonstration in this little snippet of, of his, his comment, of His desire for, for Mary to be taken care of. His genuine care for others. And you know, often when we're going through, and there's some, some perhaps even needs that we have, even when we feel like we're, we're, we're short in our, in our weekly needs, you know, often those times are the times where we're praying and thinking about self. And here, the Lord Jesus demonstrates no selfishness at all. In fact, He demonstrates selflessness. And, and that's a characteristic of our Lord Jesus Christ. He, he, he was not full of self. He was full of thought for others. And you know, you, you and I know, know well that often when we're having a bad day, Everyone better get out of the way. It better be that, that those things that so irritate us better get out of the way and we better just be taken care of in that moment. We better get our way or else it will be World War III at home. And yet so often Jesus demonstrated, in, and here particularly, that even with the most extreme of circumstances, he wasn't going to allow, to compl uh, allow complaint to enter, through, uh, enter his lips, to be displayed. No, he, he cared before he could, he could complain. And, you know, I think about this verse in 1 Peter 5, 7, where it says, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know, that's a great, great comforting verse, isn't it? And we understand that, that no matter how extreme our situation is, we have a Savior who went through the greatest of greatest sufferings. And even in that point showed care for others. And so this, this statement 
he made here demonstrates that Jesus was willing to forego his own comfort to ensure care given for others. And I wonder if we're like that. I wonder when, when we've had a rough day. I wonder when we're going through some situations of our own. I wonder if in those moments we're thinking of others. And I'm often moved of stories of those who are in hospital, who, who are there uh, perhaps even so close to their deathbed, and they're thinking about others. They're thinking about and, and asking if they could pray for you. And again, I'm reminded of our, our brethren who I met, many of them uh, in, in the Philippines recently, who I knew. They just were going through something. I knew they were going through a great, um, a great trial. They, they, they didn't have what I had, and yet so willingly offered their care for me. And how unfortunate it is that, that we are at times spoiled in this society to be so ingrained with this attitude of self-love before others. And, and yet we don't see that about our Lord Jesus. We see even in these famous last words, His care for those around Him. Here we note that Jesus was bearing the sin of the very woman He asks care for. Uh, in this, we note that Jesus' willingness to suffer on the cross was totally for our benefit and for His glory. And we're reminded of the verses in Isaiah 53.5, but He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. And so as He went through that and as He endured the suffering of the cross, his thought was others. And I wonder if our thoughts are others when we're going through a bit of turmoil. I know that, that as I thought about the, the, the care and the, the, the affection that the Lord Jesus gave towards this one, Mary, I know that I was convicted myself how often I use my circumstance as an excuse not to care. How often I use my own, uh, my own feelings of hurt uh, not, to, not, to, uh, not to, um, uh, to be an excuse or to be a hindrance to, uh, to being a caring a person towards someone and, and thinking of others. And yet our Lord demonstrated care before complaint. Secondly, our Lord was compassionate even in His suffering. And the very fact that Jesus noted Mary and what she must have been going through indicates to us His level of compassion. You see, biblical compassion is not just noting another's hurt. No, it's being moved to do something about it. That's true biblical compassion. You see, that's why it's not enough for us, church, to feel sad for missionaries when they present their work. That's why it's not enough for us to look around at the needy around us and not be, not, and shed a tear and, and perhaps even say a prayer without, without digging a little deeper and doing something about it. That's why it can't be that we can say we are compassionate people to the lost 
and not ever utter a word of the gospel to others. That's not compassion. Compassion is, is not just feeling the hurt in your heart. It's moving you to do something about it. And it's, there's several examples that this is, a, this is an example that the Lord Jesus showed. He, he, he noted her, 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 her hurt and her suffering, and yet He did something about it. He, he was willing to, to request of one to help and in Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus went forth. And saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And you know what he did? And he healed their sick. He did something. He was moved. In Mark 8, 2, I have compassion on the multitude. Because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And then you know what he did? He wrought a miracle. He, he was able to... To, to meet their need. And that's true compassion. And here Jesus, Jesus is the master of knowing man's most utmost need. And beyond that, entering into our hurts. And then beyond that, wanting to do something about it and doing something about it. And so often, how, how many times have we have we say, said that we're a compassionate people and yet have moved on as if guiltless from that ignorance? Guiltless of our neglect when we could have done something about it. You see, Jesus is the master of knowing our utmost needs. In Hebrews 4.15, the Bible tells us, for we have, an high, we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. We understand that, that the Lord Jesus uh, was 100% God, but as He was incarnated into the world, He was 100% man. And He knew the feelings. He, he knew how it was to be hurt. He knew how it was to hunger. He knew how it was to thirst. He knew how it was to be tempted. He knew how it was to feel need. And yet, in all of that, without sin. In all of that, He understood. And, and, and so, we understand that He can enter into those infirmities. When we hurt for a loved one, when we hurt for a lack of care, He understands. When we hurt because of rejection, when we hurt because of other uh, situations we find ourselves in this life, we can go to a Heavenly Father who's a high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ, and He can know, and He can enter into that, and He can succor us. He can, he can meet us at our point of need. He's compassionate. See, the great difference is that Christ offered compassion when, when some would say He should have been the recipient of compassion. You know, Mary was probably feeling for the Lord Jesus. You know, there were those surrounding and, and even those who were part of putting him on the cross. Remember the centurion who later on said, no, we've made a mistake. This indeed, he's the son of God. And there were those who, who were uh, probably in their own hearts wanting to, and yet here the Lord Jesus, the suffering one, was the one with great compassion. You know, often in our own, in our own hurts and circumstances, 
when we're not just, we're just not feeling it, often it's those, we, we just don't want to show compassion. You know, we have an excuse. If someone feels sorry for me. When really we should be the ones offering compassion as God's people. Often that, that ought to be our mentality. And yet, you know what? And I understand this because I'm flesh. We're driven by self. We're full of self. And often it's self that comes first. And we better take great care because that's not Christ's likeness. Christ's likeness demands that we are compassionate toward others. We know that the Father, even in this point, turned His back on the Son. We know that those that so cheered Him a few days earlier were now reviling Him. We know that those who knew Scripture most should have recognized Him. And yet no compassion was offered. And yet He gave compassion instead. And that's the, that's the reality of our Savior. You know, even when we're not at our best and we've failed Him, His compassions fail not. Every day you think about that. Just the other day I was sitting out in my balcony and I was just enjoying the fog. I like sunny mornings, but I like foggy mornings more. (laughs) There was just the coolness of that. It just again reminded me of, of, of that how His mercies and His compassions, they fail not. And I just was reminded again, such a sinner as I. How imperfect I am. How many times I've failed Him. How many times were, you know, I deserve far less. And yet He showed compassion. And you know how, how, how it is that we're, we're so, at times, we're so, we're so, bent on not being compassionate but showing 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 great resistance we, we don't show compassion enough we I, I, I'm afraid church that sometimes we, we think compassion weak but compassion is strength it's it's part of the character of our God and even in this moment, Jesus showed true compassion. And and each and every day, can I remind you, church, that Jesus shows compassion on us. You know, how much more should we show compassion to our family? How much more should we show compassion to our our little children? How, How much more should we show compassion to our church family? Instead of pointing fingers, instead of pointing all of these things out, and there's a time and place I see. But listen, how about, how about showing some compassion that's Christ-like? How about those that, that sometimes we've judged to, to have, gone, uh, have gone astray? Don't they, don't they need compassion too? And I'm not saying that we enter into their, if there's, there's wrong there, there's wrong. But listen, your, your preaching is not going to bring them back. Your compassion will, though. Your mercy will. And, you know, sometimes we, we excuse ourselves and we think, no, we need to feel sorry for me. And we forget that there's others who are going through a great ordeal 
and in silence at times. And all they need is a word of compassion. And here the Lord Jesus, just I almost can hear His tenderness as He says, Behold, behold thy mother. As, as He looked at the, the beloved disciple, He said, Behold, behold thy mother. And we see our Lord was compassionate even in His suffering. But then lastly, we see our Lord was giving responsibility over to His disciples. Here we see that Jesus gave John the charge. And it's interesting to note that that none of, again, Jesus' siblings were there. It was not His thought to give them the care for Mary. Uh, We understand, as we, we noted this morning that, that his brethren believed not in him. They were skeptics. His siblings didn't believe on him. They were unbelievers at this point. We noted this morning later on that, that his half-brother James would later, because of the resurrection, come to believe and come to be used of, of him in the church. But at this point, it was left to John. A disciple who was close enough to our suffering Savior to be seen and given charge. You see, it's those that have the the desire to be close to their Savior who God gives opportunity to be like Him. Because the charge was given to John really to take his place, to take the care, to take responsibility where, where if he was not in that situation, he would be able to do so. It's those, he was close enough, John was. We know that, that many of the other disciples were scattered for fear. They, they scattered away fearful of the, the, the flow on of, of their following after Christ. And yet there's this one, the beloved disciple John, who was close enough. And I wonder if we would be close enough to our suffering Savior to hear his heart. You know, I think about the, the story of the prodigal son. You know, really, there was two prodigals in that story. One wasted his living outside of the home, but the other one wasted his living inside the home. Because when the brother returned, the older one was prodigal too. He didn't have the heart of his father. See, the heart of his father was to, to welcome that wandering one back. And what did the brother do? He got mad. You killed the fatted calf for him. He wasted all of his living. And you know what he was prodigal about? He was prodigal in regard to the heart of the father. And I'm afraid, church, that, that we're not close enough to the suffering one. That, that we look at the, and we look at days like this where we think about his suffering and, and we're almost... I hate to say it, almost offended by it. And no wonder we can't enter into His compassion because we're not close enough to hear His heart. We're not close enough. You remember in, the, in, the, in, the, in that supper in the upper room, who was it closest to the Lord Jesus who was leaning upon His breast? Who was it? John. And who was it closest to Him in His moment of suffering? John. And, you know, sometimes when, when we see 
the suffering Savior. We forget that it was for us, and, and, and we ought to draw close. I think about what the Apostle Paul said, that I may know him in the fellowship of what? Of his suffering. And, and you know, we don't like to, the idea of suffering. We don't like to be near it. In fact, we pray ourselves away from it. Yet it's in those times where we most know Christ. Where we most know His heart. And, and here we see that, the, that John was given the charge. Why? Because he was the closest to his suffering Savior. It's those who draw closest to Christ that he would use. And it's our responsibility then to care for those that Christ cares for. That's really his heart. You know, again, we, we remember, we're reminded, why was it that the Lord Jesus came? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we need to, church, we need to have an affection for each other as God's people. But, you know, we need to have an affection for those that are without. We need to have an affection for those that have a need of a Savior. Why? Because that was Jesus' heartbeat. That was the reason He came. And, and, and prior to salvation, such were some of us, all of us were like that. We were lost. We were in need of a Savior. And so here He gives His responsibility to care for those that, that were in need. I think about the Scripture in Matthew 12, 49-15. He stretched forth His hand toward His disciples and said, Behold my mother and my brethren. And here He was pointing to His disciples. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. And we, come, we become those of His family when we follow after Him. And, you know, understand that Jesus cares about souls. Jesus cares about the needy. Jesus cares about the poor. Jesus cares about the sinner. Jesus cares about the church. Jesus cares about the saints. Jesus cares about those who suffer. And so we must then care for what He cares for. Here He was just basically demonstrating demonstrating to John and by extension to us that it's now your turn to care for what I care for. And you know, shortly after this, we note that, that he gives up the ghost. He's buried and he rises again. But then what happens in Acts chapter 1? He, he doesn't stay on earth. He ascends. And remember, he said, it's, it's, it's needful for me that I go. And listen, the Lord Jesus is seated on the right hand of the Father. He will return again. But in the meantime, you know what he said? Occupy. You do the work. You have the responsibility. And church... If we can learn something from these two little statements. Behold thy son, behold thy mother. It's really this. It's now our turn to care. It's now our turn to show compassion. It's now our turn to take that responsibility. And church, that's all of us. If you're saved here tonight, 
then that's all of us. We have a responsibility to do that. And I, I love what, what happens here in verse 27. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. And the blessing was this. John did so. And you know, through, throughout the years, I'm glad for Christians who did so. But church, this is our generation, and this is our time to do so. And we have a responsibility. As, as the Lord Jesus hung there, as He showed care and compassion, to do so also. To show our care and compassion because we have the love of Christ. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity tonight. Lord, just to, to just glean perhaps even devotional thoughts about your nature, your character. I thank you that it, it, it really just speaks of your care and compassion. Lord, for, for people like us who are needy. And yet, Lord, as your people, we have now also the responsibility, Lord, to take great care and compassion on others. May that be our heart this week. May it be, dear God, even as we, we think about your, your suffering, you think about your, your sacrifice for us, that, Lord, we're not offended at that, but we'd, we'd enter into that. That, Father, we would, we would remember and be better, and be better stewards of the time that you've given us here on earth. Pray that you'd help us even as we have this time of, of remembrance to you. In Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name, amen.